hello, welcome everybody to the uh, Worst Collabs podcast. I'm here with Ashley, as well as remotely we have Brendan, and then we have Blake and Meg, who are part of the Fugly Aliens NFT drop. So welcome everybody. Uh, I'm your host Alex, and we're just going to kind of get right into it. So um, Blake and Meg. Um, I think I'd love to hear from each of you just to hear first, like a little bit of your background of like how you came to understand what NFTs are. And, and that will kind of like lead us into like, then we'll talk a little bit about like how you found us and how we talked about this whole project and, and brought it to life. But like, first let's get some background on both of you and let, perhaps let's, let's go with Meg first, if that's cool. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, I am a street artist. I actually went out of the corporate world as a tech recruiter um, and into the world. And probably about, let's see, three years ago, um, I had all of my tech friends reaching out to me and they're like, Meg, have you done NFTs yet? Blockchain, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and just like this whole fluff. And I instantly fell in love with the idea and just the tech behind it obviously um but i didn't really look at the just a jpeg or a photo of something that i you know had already had streets and so i just wasn't ready to to dive in yet uh, i really wanted it to be something super special and so you I know mean, let's fast forward what years later three years later i'm like now i have this super special project uh it made sense to be on the blockchain Excellent. And then Blake, how about you? Yeah. Uh, also, kind of corporate in world turned artist. Uh, in fact, Meg and I knew each other from our previous life, where we both were in Los Los Angeles in kind of the tech and digital marketing scene. Um, in terms of my art, I've been focused on painting portraits of athletes for for quite some time, and uh, I learned about NFTs while I was interviewing an athlete named Mike Jock created. Uh, the Aku character and world, and that was in the 2020 that he introduced me to the idea of NFTs. And I started selling some one of ones on Super Rare, kind of just tapping into my existing uh, archive of artwork, and have been enjoying learning these and continuing launching projects and working in different capacities on different projects over the last uh, two years, and. Yeah, just stoked, stoked to be here at work on the Fugly. Uh, in terms of how I met the Worst Crew, um, working on a project with Des Bryant and uh, Matt and Deanna were uh, on the tech for the execution of that. And so we met through that project and have uh, since remained friends. Been excited to work on something together. So I'm stoked to see this come to life. Excellent, excellent. So um, I'm kind of curious about a little bit of both the art direction of how the Fuglies came to life and and then that kind of like justification of like why NFTs, you know, because I think that that's something that people have still as a fundamental question of like so, some people take it for granted and they're like, oh, well, it's, it's a way to like, you know, have a, a value flow inside of an art project. But like, I think there there's always like an explicit kind of thought about whether or not an art project should be NFTs or not, right? Because you could have just as easily done the Fuglies on like pieces of plywood and cut them up and like, you know, ship them out to folks. 
So why, you know, first, why Fuglies and then why NFTs, if, if you could. And, and this can go either direction between either of you, because I, I think you're both going to have unique insights on this. I, I think really what it was, the starting of it, you know, both Blake and I's preferred medium right now is spray paint. And I think that spray paint is the last hand to, to you know, surface medium. And there's something really cool about bridging that gap to to be able to put that in um, you know, in in Web three in NFTs and and so you know the the fact of of jumping in and doing hand painted originals um, what does that mean? Because there's a lot of people out there that are saying this digital hand painted, yeah. But I, I think it was really important for us to sort of like archive that um the the jump you know historically yeah yeah i mean i i like even though i've, I've been working in nfts on a bunch of projects over over a couple of years i still much prefer like making analog creations myself uh so i really you know loved making the physical paintings i also think that like in terms of the why nft question I don't even know where I would start if I wanted to try and go sell 2000 original paintings in like three hours, uh, you know, even like at the most crowded art fair with the perfect amount of buyers lined up, like credit cards out ready to swipe. Like, I don't, I don't even know if I could process, you know, dealing with that many customers that quickly. So NFTs allowed us to like get our art out into the world in like a really efficient way uh, to a lot of collectors, some of which didn't have any of Meg or my artworks previously. And so that's fun, you know, onboarding new collectors into our ecosystem, uh, as well as, you know, some people, it was their first NFT. And so onboarding more people into the NFT space, I think is also a fun part of it. Awesome. Um, I think that we we opened up a lot of threads there about not only your backgrounds as artists, but Meg, I think you had a really interesting point there about like how spray paint is like the fastest medium to go kind of like from hand to canvas, you know, or hand to whole project. I'd love to flip the mic over to Ashley, who's our in-house art expert, built our web tree and built out so much of our gallery. Um, I'd take it from here. I'd love to hear where you want to take this next. Oh, expert. Thanks. Not even close, but <laughs> but no, um, I think you have a very good point about spray paint. I suck at it, so I will never do that. But um, I would love to kind of hear like where um you went from like y'all's previous projects that you did to like okay let's do these cute little aliens and like all different um colors and patterns and everything so where did that come from yeah i mean that stemmed from just a night of like i think we were just kind of mm -hmm. hanging out and just you know we just started creating a funny narrative a story um of being abducted by aliens and what does that really mean and how how do they interact with us do they love us do they hate us they think that we're just a waste of you know energy but really we're like no our belief system is that they would come in and they would just adore us they think that we're awesome especially being artists mm -hmm. and so we really created this story around you know just that and so it, it was fairly easy then we just we hit the studio we're like okay well like let's just try this try this on for size and it just skyrocketed we were painting 
literally on everything. You know, we had a we we were picking colors and we were just going back and forth and like vibing and you know, you do one, I'll do one. Oh, here we'll do each other, like we'll swap. And so yeah, it was just this whole it just it came really easily. Yeah, I, I think it's also kind of important, uh, was important in the development of it is we were coming right, it was right off the back of VCon. And it was like one or two days after we'd gotten back. And VCon was, in my opinion, the best conference I've been to, uh, whether it's tech or marketing or Web3 or anything. It was really well put together and, and great people. And Meg and I met like so many different creatives. Uh, we were lucky we had like speaker wristbands. So we were down in the speaker lounge most of the time and getting to network with with creators that were building and, and pushing the boundaries of Web3. And so I think that that definitely like inspired us when we came back. We knew we wanted to to put a project together that was like kind of new and novel and unique. Um, and at the time, both of us were and, and are kind of in the middle of like other projects that like solo projects that we were working on but for one reason or another we just hadn't like pushed forward in in getting those on the blockchain to mint and so i think that like taking a step back and having like a fresh uh you know fresh motivation coming off of vcon and wanting to like execute like a fresh new idea that was that hadn't been done before so like meg said like we hit the studio and the ideas just started flowing and and it kind of evolved uh pretty quickly into close to its final form of being you know a video series and this whole kind of story and like alternate universe that that we invented and used as a mechanism to launch the project yeah i loved y'all's whole series i watched it i totally believed it i was like oh my god they're gone like where are they <laughs> but i think something really cool about y'all's project that i noticed is just like there's lots of different projects out there that have like tons of parts and pieces and so many of them um You'll look at somebody else's that has one from the collection and you'll see so many similarities still. And I think like with y'all's, every single one truly was like very, very different. Like there were shapes that might be similar, but as far as like using the spray paint, it really differentiated all of them a lot, which I think was super cool. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. And in terms of like the different character kind of families, uh when we started out we were we just had i don't know like five or six uh and we used those like a lot and we put them on everything and so there's a couple uh fugly families that are more well technically more common even though everything's a one of one and you know there's no rarity or properties or anything um but when the idea kind of really started to get momentum we started thinking about like the collection size that we wanted to end up with uh kind of aiming for 1500 to 2500 um it just made sense to keep adding like more varieties in terms of like the families and body shapes so we ended up with 48 of them 47 of which got used uh in the in the first collection one of them still hasn't been uh debuted yet correction uh, Ooh, 57 oh, oh, oh i said 47 yeah 57 got used 58 there's a 58 that exists and that is funny too how that story happened it we were just jamming, you know, basically sleeping at the studio, painting, eyes open, eyes shut. I mean, at one point I was just at the back table and I fell asleep. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, and so it was funny about, you know, 
having all 57 we're like no we you know we jammed it and then it was like wait a second who's this guy wait how did he slip through the cracks why don't we have this 58 painted in this collection and so that's going to be a really fun new narrative to launch nice that's awesome um i so there was one thing that i that i was kind of hearing in there talking about the series is this is a whole different aspect about the project which is performance art that's a thread I want to pick up later, but but first I want to pick up, go back to like what Blake was talking about with regards to like, you know, the technology and how would you even be able to process 2000 transactions in such a short period of time, right? Um, and, I, and I think this would be a great time to lean on Brendan as well. Um, I, so I think that what I'd like to talk about just a little bit is, you know, when an NFT project is out there picking a blockchain to work with, um, obviously one thing that matters is like the number of transactions they can actually process and every single one of them is different. You all went with Ethereum and kept it on mainnet, uh, despite the fact that, you know, there's so many problems with like gas wars and whatnot that, er that everybody, you know, kind of gets, uh, stressful about like Yuga labs. They had their other side sale and that, you know, just had like expensive, crazy expensive gas. I'm really curious yeah. about the technical decision to choose Ethereum mainnet. And I'd love to hear about it both from Blake and Meg's point of view, but then also from Brendan's point of view. Um, you know, why why is it that we're still building on Ethereum mainnet? Yeah, I'm I'm done jumping on that. So I think the primary reason that drove us or drove me at least like interested in launching this project on Ethereum is that's just where where I've been operating over the last couple of years. So my network was there. Uh, I knew that my friends had Ethereum wallets uh, versus other alternate chains, which I am very much uh, curious and excited to like explore. Um, you know, Solana, for example, I think is is a really interesting one to look at. But I don't know how many how many of my friends have a Solana address, and so I was just I wanted to put it in a place that would give us the best opportunity. Um, in terms of the gas wars, too, like I didn't. You know, if Yugo is doing a, what a hundred thousand lands, and obviously a bunch mm -hmm. of them got airdropped to the to the holders of the apes and mutants, but like they were still selling. Like there was there were fifty thousand transactions, sixty thousand transactions that drove the gas up, with a collection size of just shy of eighteen hundred. Uh, I wasn't too concerned about like eighteen hundred. Like if we had eighteen hundred people all trying to mint at the exact same time, yeah, it would have it would have caused a gas problem, but that also would have been a new challenge that would be exciting to deal with um but yeah gas was simple and like also the the way that we launched the minting app uh or the minting website was through video number five of the series so we like buried the content in that video where you really had to be paying attention if you were going to see it like immediately when it was available and so also because of that like i would it was never a concern to me that we were going to have too many people trying to mint and it would be a gas war just because of the way we set up uh the experience i guess for people to find and execute the minting contract yeah ditto i mean that's that's basically we did we talked a lot about it and that's that was basically uh yeah what was sort of sound thinking was you know getting this to the masses and unfortunately you know that's that's where it is right now is open sea um but who knows you know where we're gonna drop the 58th Ooh, a little spoiler alert right there uh <laughs> tuned on that one 
Yeah, totally. And from a technical perspective, <clears throat> you know, I've launched um, NFT projects on Ethereum, Solana, and Tezos, and um, I've minted from Cardano, you know, and maybe one or the other ones. But you know, having that sort of broad exposure um, and has taught me a lot about the capability of different chains. And you know, for all the hate that it gets, Ethereum is just like a workhorse. You know, like I launched um, my own sort of NFT project, it's more technical focused on Solana. Um, the first mint went great. The second mint um, completely failed because uh, Metaplex changed all of the transaction mediums and, you know, the fees and stuff like that. So, you know, I think <clears throat> Ethereum gets a lot of flack, you know, some of it justified. Um, but it's still just a great workhorse and you know it's it's uh allows a lot of flexibility um in terms of creating contracts and creating features and stuff like that which if it's okay if i jump in with a question i was at i was curious you know blake and meg what kind of features would you be interested in for a future nft project in terms of like technical capability is there anything that you know you noticed you would really like this feature or this feature or the capability to update metadata or update images or stitch images together or just that kind of thing i'll let you take that one blake i yeah, yeah. all right um <laughs> that's a good question i mean i think if if you mean like features that don't exist yet I don't even know where to start because I don't think that I've used every feature that does exist, uh, you know, in terms of mechanics. Um, I have, I saw a really cool project, I believe it was on Flow called uh, Flow Vitars. Have you seen that one? Mm -hmm. So that one, Flow Vitar, I think it's flowvitars.com or .app or .something. Uh, they have a really interesting minting experience where you basically, you buy these like credits and then you spend the credits to buy different traits and attributes and so you build your own character and so it's still done kind of like the generative where it's done with layers and you're picking your ones and you know the rare items cost more credits uh and then at the end it like double checks that that combination has not been minted and if it has already been minted it'll say you have to change something and then you could go change the shoes um or the background color or anything uh so i think that's really interesting and i'm not sure if that's possible uh on ethereum but that's something I would be super interested in exploring, whether that's, you know, for a fugly related project or otherwise. Um, but other than that, I mean, I don't know. I think uh, I think there's still just a lot that, that Meg and I are excited to explore with like token gated experiences, content, uh, merchandise um, that, you know, the, talk, the tech exists, right? And people have those tokens now. So now we just have to uh, kind of implement the token gate and put whatever we want behind the gated wall. Uh, and that's something that we're really excited to kind of continue building on. I'm gonna throw the question back at you though, Brendan, is there something <laughs> excited that you're like wanting to do, but there's just like a certain project that you're, 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 you have in mind or, or should we talk off line about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, I think. There's something really interesting. I mean, I love physical art. I've lived in, uh, you know, I've lived in Philly for quite some time and there's all kinds of beautiful murals all around that are both paint and spray paint. Um, 
And the fact that you guys made this style in this way with this kind of scale is kind of amazing to me. Like you guys really, I mean, kudos because like it's really, really cool art. I've seen hundreds of NFT projects and, you know, and my avatar is now a fugly. So yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go. Um, have you been to T moms tattooed moms in Philly uh, tattooed Good moms? Part. I think it's on like the main, it's like downtown. I'm not really sure, but you're going to love it. It's basically two stories. The second mm -hmm. story is all devoted to art. And so street artists from all over the world have gone in there and painted. And I, I have definitely something on the ceiling. It's a large vending machine that really? I wall, literally wallpapered the ceiling or wheat pasted. Uh, and then, yeah, and then I've, there's a couple other things. I think there's something underneath one of the pool tables, too. That's awesome. I'm going yeah. to check that out. Like, Yo, uh, moms is great. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the heads up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, one of the, the really interesting things to me is um, the idea of creating, like, interactive web experiences, not necessarily, like, doing metaverse. Everybody does metaverse, and, you know, there's there's a place for it, for sure. Um, but I think, um, but at the same using, time, almost nobody does metaverse because, because very, very little of it's like actually there right now. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, because I mean, the ideas for big, big, huge metaverses are like awesome. Like they're fundamentally like super cool, but I, I think the technology hasn't been totally demonstrated in a certain, um, way that people have scaled in the masses to, um, but I'm kind of I'm curious about like web sort of integration. Like there's HTML5, which means like you know you can create like interactive web experiences of like move your mouse over something and create art, you know, um, and mint your own art, <clears throat> create your own art online with drawers and essentially Adobe Illustrator online and that kind of thing. Um, I'm curious if. Uh, coming from like such a physical world, are there any like digital tools or websites or kind of like web experiences um, that you're sort of interested in to move a little bit more into the digital space? Yeah, I'd say definitely. I think that there's, there's, there's a lot of allure to it, right? Because it's, it becomes ownership. Um, and that's, you know, that's what I'm I'm most excited about. You know, I'm tired of of feeding the cog of Instagram and not being rewarded for it and being manipulated around it. Um, so so yeah, I mean, really, and I, and and it, what I've been saying is is Galaxy's the limit, which is what it feels like for Web three. You know, if you dream it, you can basically create it, um, which is I think what I'm most excited about making this jump. I also think we've been playing with uh, uh, like AI art. Uh, what is it? What is it called? A gener AI and art? What is, that, what is that art generated yeah. called? Yeah, night cafe. Like procedurally generated art. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And that's like super fun. And like, who knows if, you know, I end up ever doing anything with, with what the computer spits out, but it's definitely like, puts me in a cool creative headspace of like spitting out ideas that I wouldn't have thought of. And so even using digital tools like that for like inspiration that ends up manifesting in like analog work 
uh, is also cool. Well, and the cool thing about that too, as AI gets better, I imagine that that sort of co-creating with a, our existing AI isn't going to look like that in 20 years, you know? And so having the first dibs on, on what those images look like, it's going to, it's going to be hysterical. <laughs> you have to wonder if there's not something like a Rocco's Basilisk of the art community though. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with this idea. Like Rocco's Basilisk is this AI that it's a, it's a philosophical problem, but it's this idea that there's an AI that exists in the future and it pays attention to who helped to get it created. And if you didn't help to get it created, it would punish you. And this has caused people to have like legit mental breakdowns because of this philosophical construct. On the flip side, there's this idea of Ether's Phoenix. And Ether's Phoenix is this idea that like, it's the same kind of an AI, but rather than punish you, it's just gonna only reward the people that help bring it into life. But you're like, you're talking about Meg, you're talking about, you know, wouldn't it be great to be this person who's like early in AI and like, you know, facilitating this collaborative art nature you gotta wonder if there's not like a Rocco's, Rocco's Basilisk or like a uh, Ether's Phoenix out there in the future that's gonna be paying attention to what art was created in this collaborative way and then like giving benefits to those artists as, as the time goes on. It's really a fascinating construct. Um, yeah, you gotta wonder, maybe there's a story <laughs> brewing there, right? Um, if I could, I'd love for us to circle back on the, on the project proper and, um, and talk about the mechanics of it, right? Um, you know, the timeline, as I perceived it, was there was a consensus. Blake was in town. Uh, you know, we, we were all kind of like, you know, having that event. I see Blake and Petros like pull off to the side of the office and are just having this side chat at a desk. And then like come Monday, Deanna's like, hey, guess what? We're doing this project and it's due at the end of the week. <laughs> and, and that's and that's like the timeline as I heard. Right. But I would love to know, like, from, you know, Meg and Blake, like, how how long was Fugly, the idea of Fugly's brewing before that talk? May 24th. Wow. Okay. So there was actually a lot of lead time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was like the day after VCon, we came back and there was about a month between VCon and uh, NYC NFT, NFT mm -hmm. NYC. And in between there was consensus. And I mean, the projects evolved a lot over, over the process. And like, as we got closer, like by the time I was at Consensus, all the art had already been done. Uh, mm. And so we were just, and all the content had already been shot. And so we were in the process of editing the content and like structuring the story. And, you know, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, and I wish that I'd come to worst a, a little earlier uh just to get if nothing else to give you guys more time um but i think part of the reason that i hadn't is because i know that you guys are you know such a like top caliber quality team uh that also that commands and deserves uh substantial budgets and so we were really trying to kind of like bootstrap this and make this happen just kind of within our own means uh and you know Fortunately, and, and I'm very grateful that we were able to come to a deal to, and work with you guys where it wasn't like a, a big upfront financial cost um, because we, you know, we did invest a, a month of our lives and, and a decent amount of money into making it. And we were getting right near the finish line and, uh, and didn't have like a ton of, uh, you know, just liquid resources just ready to, to spill wherever we needed it. So mm -hmm. if I can jump it's in. It's really fascinating. Question. 
Yeah, go ahead, um, Brendan. Yeah, I'm kind of curious, like as artists, <clears throat> how do you end up link linking up with developers who can mint these sort of custom projects? And have you had, is it kind of tough to find people that you can trust and work with? Or is there a pretty like robust like pipeline between artists and developers that you've sort of found or any ways that that could be better? I mean, I, I think, think that I, oh, you go ahead. Sorry, go yeah, no, no, I was just going to say, I think, I think that that connection could always be better, right? Like, and that even stems from like, in my, my, you know, recruiting days was we have all these rad projects that are happening, but we don't really necessarily have like the safe haven to meet up with, with developers. Um, and so, I mean, we got, really lucky through through Blake and his his existing connections within the space. So so yeah, I mean I always say always, but yeah. Yeah, I mean it's uh you know two years of working with different projects and different teams, you meet different uh people with cap you know uh engineering capabilities and uh I think I could always meet more, you know more more developers and honestly like more of almost everything uh 3d animators uh also like 2d animators i love uh, i don't really have that in my wheelhouse so i need to manifest some 2d animators uh for the fugly but yeah it's it's not it's definitely not easy but i think that like being at things like vcon and consensus and and nft nyc and nft la uh and you know all the different conferences uh mike speaking at one next week in la uh you know those are like the perfect type of places to meet builders absolutely um so you know for this project in particular um you know there was a lot of serendipity that kind of came into place right with the conversation and then how the project kicked off i'm really curious and and i know we're going to hear like some really different tales here on every side of the project what were the anxieties that you all felt like, especially as that last week came to bear where you're kind of like having to like, you know, lay your faith into this external team, right? Uh, and then Brendan, from your perspective, because I, I, if I remember correctly, I think this was like your first Ethereum specific project that you were bringing to market. Um, so yeah, maybe you start with like Megan Blake. Uh, I'd love to hear about like, you know, that timeline of the week and like, you know, what was that ebb and flow of anxiety what were the concerns that you had on your mind? I don't say, I wouldn't really say anxiety um, because I think it was like a, a trust and surrender, you know? And, and at that point, everyone was under the gun for tight deadlines, you know? And, and it really was a full trust. You guys worse had to trust that we were bringing our A game on our art and and just you know everything else with it and so so yeah I I have a hard time saying anxiety I really just I don't know if it was just being sleep deprived at that point but you know it was just like we're doing this thing. Yeah, I mean, I think when we were at VCon, one of the magical things about it is we were already in the bear market but nobody talked about it the whole time there. And so coming off the back of it and coming into Fugly, like we weren't thinking about the market at all. Uh, we just were thinking about like having fun and building cool shit. So that was cool. But 
I mean, as it got closer over that month that we were working, like the market just continued to tank. And like, it just got like every single day pretty much was the worst, was worse than before with like Ethereum kept hitting new 52 week lows and every like prices of projects across the board were, uh, you know, crashing and people were trying to unload all their stuff. Uh, projects were launching and not selling out. And so I think I definitely had probably more, uh, I don't know, concern or energy put towards like pricing uh, than, than Meg, which is good uh, that she like kind of kept my head in the game. But I was very much in favor of doing a free mint kind of in the style that Goblin, Goblin Town had done uh, because that project launched while at VCon and, and had seen like a ton of success. Uh, and I do still think like, had we gone that route, it would be interesting to see how that all played out. Um, my main like my main motivation to do that was just to ensure that like there was a relatively fast sellout and that we could just let the market kind of dictate in the secondary what the demand was. And so I was in the camp of voting for a free mint and uh, ultimately outvoted by Megan and the worst team, which turned out to be a great, great thing. But that was the one thing I think that that kind of I got in my own head about. And and part of that is because we did spend a, a month on it and, you know, had shelled out a, a decent amount of money. And, you know, during that month that we were working on it, Meg and I also like set aside almost all of our other obligations and responsibilities and just did the bare minimum we had, you know, if we had like client uh, commitments, we would just show up and we do what we promised. But it was like everything, everything that we had, we were putting into the fugly. So I was just very, uh, aware that like it had to work like i had to make it work um because there there wasn't uh there wasn't much else cooking intentionally because i had like shelved everything else yeah you can totally tell by looking at the fuglies too that these are pieces of art every single one of them i mean you you see a lot of pfps and that kind of thing and they're just kind of oh, a couple pretty lines or whatever but these are beautiful so <clears throat> you can tell that you put that effort in and that's why it's legitimately one of my favorite nft projects i've ever seen and i've you know seen a bunch of them i think um for me i've done uh, a lot of launches on solana um and uh, with varying degrees of success because of you know technical limitations and in, in, the, in the blockchain coming to ethereum um it's actually really nice because you can google literally anything and um it's all really straightforward erc 721s and everything like that are you know totally um just really well defined everything is really really well defined so um you know there's always like little challenges and that kind of thing and i've been doing software um for about you know 10 or 15 years now and uh there is always like the moment when you ship a piece of software and you're just like going through your mind of like what didn't i do right you know what i mean and just like letting the existential dread kind of like come and like roost and you know stare at you um but for the most part um you know developing on ethereum's it's a lot of fun and, it, and there's a tons of great resources and that kind of thing so um it's a pretty straightforward experience honestly um there's always little things that you run into um that you got to work through and maybe that'll get you worked up in the moment but you know maintaining zen is pretty important so yeah just with anything yeah yeah right on i you know i think that if i were to kind of like rephrase meg's answer a little bit um it, it, you know that idea of kind of like surrendering it's it's also 
you know, maybe also a little bit of like embracing the chaos, you know, and, and just understanding that that's part of the creative process. And that happens on the technical side almost as much as it happens on the creative side. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd love to circle back. I, so I mentioned before I was going to circle back on performance art. And, and Blake, you beat me to the punch about talking about Freemints and Goblin Town. Um, you know, I think that nowadays, like in the in this time of the recording, right, we're kind of like middle of July 2022. Um, there is this idea of a Freemint meta and and there are projects out there that are like, yeah, it's cost just gas and you get to mint and we're not going to set a price on these NFTs on the initial sale. And um, I think that Truth Labs, which is behind Goblin Town, uh, Degen Labs, which uh, does back to work. And, and then there's a new one out there called Pirates of ETH. They're all in this space of a lot of community engagement, but also a lot of performance art with their particular projects. Like they're like much more on that end of things rather than on the technical end of things where prior NFT projects, I think, were exceptionally technical. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to hear about this. I think Meg, Blake, Ashley, you, you all would be great people to ask about, you know, where do you see things going in in this whole perspective because i do think that there's something there you know this idea of like having almost a nominal or no charge but having this focus on uh for lack of a better term the humanities aspect of of this you know field so i, I would just put it out to whoever wants to jump on that first yeah i'd love to hear from you guys first like what do you think man yeah so i mean i I've been watching the market and, you know, in terms of like everyone throwing around utility. And I think a, the biggest piece for me, I'm a storyteller at heart. I love a good story. I love telling a good story. And it was the idea behind it was kind of like, well, what if we offer our utility up front? We entertain people for a week. And then at the end of it, okay, okay, like here's what you were watching for. Um, and that was that for me, that was a, a really big incentive and just I hadn't seen it before done that way. Um, but I also, you know, love the idea of like film three and rolling into like how are we enter entertaining each other, you know, within that and like how do we define that? And so that was a big really a big big you know motive for for why i think we kind of leaned into it no i love that um no go ahead blake go ahead. no i was gonna say i love um that y'all did that because it really did make your project a lot more engaging i think and like you were saying i haven't ever seen another project do that so i was like honestly invested i was like oh my god what's gonna happen next like I think that storytelling was really great. Thank you. I think um, kind of just speaking to like the utility and, and the, all the promises, big promises that a lot of these projects make, uh, I think is like scared some people or like bit just left like some sour experiences in, in people's minds about NFT industry, like kind of ecosystem as a whole, because it seems more common than not uh, to hear about a project rugging and running away with you know, millions of dollars than a project just doing the work and delivering what they say. Uh, and so that's kind of sad. And I, I think that the free mint mm -hmm. angle paired with no roadmap, no utility, 
you know, is is good because it doesn't put anyone in a bind where like they feel like they're not getting what they paid for. At the end of the day, you're not paying anything if you're minting. And if you're one of the people that jumps on the hype train and buys, you know, all while it's on the way up, or maybe you buy the top and you lose money, well, you know, it's it's more on you, I think, than on like a team that's over promising and under delivering. So we definitely wanted to be like on the other end of that, like not promising. And in fact, we we told people like there is no utility, there's no Discord, there's no roadmap. Uh, but you know, in the month since launch, we've published our idea map and we're building out a bunch of different things, um, but also framed it in a way where we're trying not to like put ourselves in a box and lock ourselves into any particular direction. We're just sharing the ideas that we have with the community, open to like some feedback and, and hopefully that will guide kind of where where the roadmap ends up de developing into. Um, but yeah, I love that idea from many different perspectives. Number one, no utility, no roadmap, art, like so refreshing, you know, in like the NFT space. That's just like so refreshing. I think um, also, you know, you were able to create like a performance art like experience. And I think like digital experiences are important, you know, like um, and that's that's what the metaverse world is sort of um, getting into. And um, <clears throat> especially like since NFTs are so niche uh, still, it's it's cool to be able to like connect with community and like have be entertained and like have an experience. And and that was like a big part of your project. And, and that's so refreshing and commendable. And I love that about your project. I did have one quick question about um, I want to print one out, but what's the best way you think um, the best medium uh, to have a physical version of one of these? That you're muted. Um, well, I think we, I mean, no one's printed them out. We uploaded them at a ridiculously high DPI. Um, but you know, I don't know. I, you know, on metal, on plastic, I mean, I, I don't know. I think just have fun with it. <laughs> Let us know how it goes. Yeah, you think yeah. metal would be cool? Yeah, there's, there's actually, yeah. uh, a website, I think it's actually printsonmetal.com or or actually no, it might be metal metalprints.com. Um, mm -hmm. which I've ordered uh, a handful of prints from uh, actually of some NFTs. Uh, and so those look great. That's like it's printed on like an aluminum and then they put like kind of a sheet of acrylic on top of it. So it has like a very like it looks very glassy on the front. Um, and you could probably do with the image that we have like a 20 by 20. Um, and have it look really crispy. I think if you go bigger than that, um, you could. It just might be like a little bit fuzzy if if you get in real close to it. Twenty four by yeah. twenty four could be a solid. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like 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 Mike said, like definitely you know share share that with us and and hopefully on social media. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna put it on like above my fireplace for a little while, like the you know potpourri and urns or something. <laughs> you know, like a yeah. little shrine. Yeah. Like we alter. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I exactly. also love that people instantly, because the other big piece of it was we didn't want to just number them. And so in we ha like hand created each individual name. So each one is completely unique. And so people started to make uh, their own ENS. Uh, they're turning their names into the ENS domains. So that was really oh, fun. Wow. Ticked off. I didn't even know your community is doing that. That's really awesome. 
Yeah. I love the names. They yeah. cracked me up when I looked through them. No, they're I just hilarious. wonder where you got them from. <laughs> All in the head. <laughs> I love it. I wanted to leave a little bit of space uh, during this whole dialogue to kind of like flip the script and like leave it to, you know, both Meg and Blake. Were there any questions that you had for all of us? You know, because I feel like we've been the ones like leading you on the questions and like kind of, you know, pushing you to, to these different answers and different kind of like foregone uh, discussions. But I'd love to hear, you know, any questions you all might have either about the process, about the art, about crypto, whatever, wherever you want to take this. Yeah, I mean, my, first and foremost, like I was wondering during all of this, I was like, man, what is their office vibe like? Are you guys all like stressed <laughs> and just like wanted to nearly kill each other? Or like, was it fun? Like, what Like, what was it? What was it like over there? Mm. Brendan, you, you go ahead and take that one. Yeah, all the above. It was really good. I mean, we were all excited, really excited about working with you guys and working with, uh, you know, and seeing the art and seeing the names and like writing the node script to like, you know, generate the names that were going to be a part of the metadata and filling out the metadata and that kind of stuff was, it's fun. It's fun when you're, when you're working on a project that like has dope people and dope ideas and like dope art. You know what I mean? And it just makes it so much more fun because I was, <clears throat> you know, a physicist for about 10 or 15 years. And it's yeah. so funny that I like work in art now. Um, and I love it because it's just like so interesting and so dynamic and so interactive. And like even in times when it's like you're solving a technical problem and it's like really lame um, and hard, uh, you know, being able to lean back and like look at the broader picture of like the cool projects and the cool people that you're meeting with is just like awesome. I have a question. A oh, yeah, go ahead. Question for you guys. Uh, okay, so you know, so we gave you guys 1,778 pictures, and then we gave you uh, 2,000 names on a spreadsheet because we didn't we didn't know how many pictures there were. Like while we were editing them, we just waited till they were all done, and so we had we figured 2,000 names would be enough, and it was. So my question is, is there a way for you guys on the back end to tell us? which 200 and change names or 300 and change names didn't get used 200 and change yeah two 220 yes. something there is there oh is. yeah the short answer is yes uh the longer answer is that yeah. brendan's the one that's that actually would be able to build the script and do it like yeah that's exactly his kind of specialty for sure I like those names <laughs> yeah because like those ones took us just as long as the others to think of and and right now like we don't want to do anything with stuff on the list because we, we don't want to use it something that's already been used so that would be that'd be really cool yeah we'll uh we'll figure it out you got to write a couple queries and you know do some stuff but we'll we'll figure it out for you cool, cool. that'd be awesome uh i guess another question what was like the most challenging from a technical standpoint uh as far as like executing this like i don't think the contract was i mean it wasn't like out of the ordinary but obviously there was a short time crunch so what was like the hardest thing to get done in that short time uh, I think um, Brent and I are both going to have different answers on this. So the answer on my side is, and, and this is like me kind of like pulling back the curtain a little bit. So you, um, the thing that I demoed to you all on the client call was something I made really quick. And, and it's just because I knew that there was a template in Hugo that was going to totally solve the problem like right out of the gate. And, and that was something I whipped together real fast. But like the problem is it didn't actually work nicely with Wallet Connect. 
and wallet connect was what's necessary for people to like connect their wallets and actually like mint right um and and so we ended up having to like rewrite that entire functionality in in uh, and using a totally different framework called Next.js. and that was all front end that's like not crypto but it's just we had to do this kind of like total rebuild of the website like within a 24 48 hour period uh just because it wasn't playing nicely with wallet connect so that was like from what I saw, that was that was one of those ones where I was just like, gulp, like, are we going to be able to land this? Uh, you know, I was totally kind of freaking out. Which is funny because when you were demoing that, you're like the super hard uh, prompt. Oh, yeah. How we could... You were totally like <laughs> setting yourself up for that one. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Oh, my God. It was hilarious. But yeah, Brendan, how about you? Was what, what did you think was the big challenge? I think you nailed it. Um, it was just the getting the mobile mint thing totally good to go because some people just use MetaMask browsers, some people use like focus focus on desktop. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I think getting that into a framework that we're focused on like deploying more effectively and efficiently in the future. There was like some questions about like how to do that properly. Um, but yeah, it was it got a little exciting um, for like a day or so <laughs> before we could figure it out. We got was there. that like yeah. how close was that to launch though? I want to think it was like Wednesday. When like okay. it was it was about Wednesday when I gave up the ghost and I was like, I will never get Wallet Connect to work with Hugo inside of the time frame. And so then we're like, all right, we gotta quickly rebuild this. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh and then yeah, basically Thursday and Friday we were pretty much on calls the entire day and mm -hmm. just, you know, figuring stuff out. <laughs> so a little exciting. exciting. Thanks for pulling the curtain back, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> no, but truth be told, it's like, you know, I think that the technical process and the creative process have this similarity where the outcome is non-deterministic and you set off on it and you, you think you know the direction it's gonna go and something occurs along the way and, and you end up at times with a radically different outcome than what you expected. Um, I think that that's really nice. It actually reassures me from a philosophical point of view, helps me believe in free will and this kind of stuff. Um, the obstacle is the way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The obstacle is the way. Um, but it, it's really this observation that like, I think that's a, a shared similarity between our worlds that, you know, it, it, not everything is like, perfectly planned and perfectly executed. Sometimes you just kind of got to roll with it and then, uh, you know, just go with the next thing that comes. I yeah. Like yeah. I think I would have had, if, if there was more time, I think my biggest thing is that I wish that we had more fuglies. Like I, mm. I you know, I really kept pushing. That was my biggest thing. I'm like, we just got to paint. We keep painting until, and literally, I mean, we were still, Blake may have photographed wet paint at one point. Like I just really <laughs> more, more is more. So that's my only. Well, there's record. always time for a Gen Two. I would say. It's more spoilers. <laughs> did I almost get? Did I, did I almost get you? Is there? Is there's probably a spoiler in there? I'll try. I'll just stop there. <laughs> you can definitely consult the ideas map, though. But yeah, that's that's definitely on there, and and um. You know, working with artists, the fugly love artists. So, so mm. there's a lot. There's a lot to come, I think. Nice, nice. I saw that uh, Doodles did their spaceships during South by, right? So if Doodles can do spaceships, surely Fuglies have spaceships too. 
<laughs> Everybody's so silent. I'm sorry. Am I am I just killing yeah, your? I was alpha? muted. I said I said yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. right yeah. I, I mean, I also think though, like because Doodles did spaceships, we probably won't. Um, mm. Most of what we're trying to do is like stuff that isn't, to our knowledge, already being done. Nice. You know. Yeah, and, and we never we never had to fly in a spaceship. It, we were all portaled in there. So. Mm -hmm. so yeah, and we yeah. We keep talking about that. We didn't. We didn't really fly. You know, we weren't in a saucer. We were. Mm -hmm. We were in a Nice. <laughs> were there any other uh, questions y'all had? If you, if uh, I could jump in, yeah. The what was one of your biggest like takeaways or learning experiences or just like experiences that you're grateful from going through this process or like learnings or experiences? from going through this process? You know, I think um, the coolest thing was we actually, Blake and I, one of, we got a, a book reco from someone who, um, who recommended this amazing book called Who Not How. And we instantly listened to it. And I think we, we crammed all four hours. We just listened to the whole thing straightforward. And it really gave us the sense of, you know, we're not, we don't have to do everything. And so if there's something that is more so outside of our wheelhouse to allow for a who, and that made, it just gained way for us to work with so many amazing people. And I think because this project was so just righteous and, and, you know, out of the right and people were just like, Whoa, where did this come from? So many people wanted to clamor on. And because we held that, that open door for for all these other creatives to jump in um it really made for a, a super awesome experience so i think that that was really my biggest takeaway nice uh we got time for just maybe like one last round of questions oh go ahead sorry blake please you, you had an answer to this too sorry sorry go ahead what what did yeah echo that like i definitely think like just um trying to do so much in, in a short period of time forced us to like open up delegating stuff that we'd been doing ourselves in the past. And so, you know, having help with the website, um, we had kind of a, a story and lore writer that, that helped with, you know, just the kind of the framework of the story. We had an editor, uh, we had a shooter slash actor that got to do a little bit of each. Um, and so there was like, there were a lot more pieces to the puzzle than just uh, Megan, myself, and and so that was really cool and then the other thing that i think was a really cool to me like learning moment was just like the sheer volume of stuff that we painted was like more painting than i've done in any single month and mm -hmm. like really kind of pushing our own limits of like how much we can do and and if we like really just kind of set our mind to something so that was that was also like pretty special like if you think about like cutting you know there's three three sometimes four layers and there's 57 characters that got launched so that was like cutting you know hundreds of layers of stencils plus you know painting fronts and backs of like damn near 40 sheets of plywood that are four feet by eight feet each plus like every other little thing in the studio it was just like it forced us to really ramp it up as we said really 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 just ramp it up yep <laughs> I love that. When I first saw you guys were doing physicals, I was blown away and I was so impressed and I loved, loved it. Uh, follow up little question. 
are have you are you doing anything with those puzzles? Well, do you still have them? Some of them are back here in the studio. Nice. I'm uh, I'm definitely muscle training here, shuffling them all around my studio. Uh, but yeah, we definitely we have plans for them. Um, we want to get them to people. They're so stunning. They really are just gorgeous. I, I'm I'm not. I sound like I'm complaining that they're in my studio, but the, they're really all friends. Like we've created friends through this, through this art, and so um, we we do. We want to get them in the hands of the collectors for sure. Yeah, and and before that, also, which all of this is uh, published. If anyone wants to check out the idea map, uh, which is linked on our Twitter, but. We want to do a physical art show first uh, in Los Angeles. Um, we're in the process of manifesting a super dope venue for it. And uh, once we have that locked in and we lock in a date, we'll make announcements. But we want to invite uh, all the holders of the Fugleys to come basically first and have kind of a VIP access to, to seeing the work firsthand. Uh, and because the boards are all painted on both sides, we're going to have to kind of be creative. And I think we're going to like maybe hang them from the ceiling or something. and. So you can walk on both sides of, a, of an artwork. Uh, and so that's going to be fun. And then that, as soon as that show is done, then like Meg said, we're very open to getting the, the physicals in the hands of the, 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 the token holders. Um, but it definitely, we're going to make it kind of a scavenger hunt and a bit of a game because these pieces are painted on fronts and backs. Every, every alien pretty much that's painted on the front has a different alien on the back. And so someone would have to own both of them uh in order to be able to claim it so there's going to be a little bit of a process where people are going to be hunting for specific ones because it's correlates to the one that they have uh, in order to claim the physical i love it thanks uh ashley i wanted to give you a chance any last questions you had for megan blake um i think one last quick question is just do you do you think that your project being that it was like actually physical art versus digital art in an nft project might open up more doors or like kind of change the space a little bit to focus more on the art aspect versus the um, utility aspect of things? I hope so. You know, I think that this, this really was a big case study, not only for ourselves, but, but going down in history, you know, what, what, what is it? And, and, you know, is it important to have that? It's like touch on it. You know, I mean, I think that there is a lot of emotion around digital art, but it's it's different than than physical art. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. And to add on to that, I think and it's something that we can always improve on is I don't think that everyone, even everyone that holds fuglies, I don't think that every single person that holds a token knows that there's actually that there's a physical for every single one. Uh, you know, there's there's some amount of kind of pile on bandwagoning that happens when a project is, you know, yeah. minting or, or starting to move where people will jump into projects, myself included sometimes, just because I see that somebody else that I trust bought it. And I'm like, Oh, I, all right. Well, I don't want to miss this boat. So I'm going to grab one and sit on it for a while. And so that's part of, uh, I think our job now is really communicating to every, you know, everyone in web three kind of what this project is about. I think because of when we launched it, you know, right before NFT NYC, obviously there was like so much media and and everything was surrounding NFT NYC specifically. And so it kind of got buried, like we got a little bit of press, uh, 
through like a 1.37 p.m. Uh, interview that we did. But I still think like by that happening and then it was like 4th of July weekend and everyone was gone. Also, like everyone got COVID and, and NFT NYC. So like it's kind of been this like, I don't know, just I guess inopportune time to like really kind of hit like the media circuit hard. Uh, and, and I'm excited to kind of start going in that direction and and really sharing the project with more people because at the end of the day you know with a 2000 piece collection at any given time when i've looked there's under 200 pieces listed by it now on OpenSea. so like maybe 150 pieces at a time with like a pretty uh a great value for the floor and so it really doesn't take that much where you know the right person t tells you know their newsletter about this or a video we do goes viral or, or anything like that i think as soon as there's even even as little as like 200 more people that are aware of the project and they're all trying to kind of compete to get one i think we could see the floor like jump up relatively quickly um because if you know if 100 come off the floor that's going to bring the floor up like 10x or something you know something like that to what it is now so that's also like super exciting just going forward knowing that like you know super proud of where we've come so far but there's so much room to like continue growing and, and bringing more people into the fugly world. And we're going to do everything we can to make that happen. And um, just as we're kind of like closing this up, I wanted to give, uh, you know, Megan and Blake both a chance. Um, you were mentioning there about, you know, the floor and earlier you mentioned about engaging in Twitter. Um, if you had like one ask for the outside community and the folks who are watching this video later, what would you like for them to do? I, I mean, I, I guess watch, I was going to say watch, watch the videos. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> uh, speak highly of the fugly. I mean, that's carrying out what the fugly's mm -hmm. really is. Yeah. 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 Collective consciousness. I think, you know, that's kind of what kept coming to mind too, is like really elevating and really, really realizing too, that like we are in our, infant stages within the blockchain and like you know just just really you know clamoring on and trusting that this is going to be something a lot more um you know not 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 dipping out i think that's a lot of a lot of what i've seen is that the bear market everyone's like that nah, well flip the table nfts are bullshit and it's like that's that's not fair um and so yeah i i really i think the message would be too to like hold tight like this is just the beginning Excellent. Have you guys shilled your Twitter and all that stuff yet? Yeah, I mean, we we post about it on Twitter. I think, I think everyone that's paying attention to either Meg or myself on Twitter now has like at least some awareness that the project exists. Uh, I would like to get more of those people to like actually go down the rabbit hole and watch all the videos, and uh, if that inspires them to buy one on OpenSea, then that's great. Yeah, I guess. Um, well, we'll definitely try I mean, and make sure that the link to your Twitter's as well as the video series are all kind of linked in this particular video as we put it out there. Uh, I think we can make that effort at least. Yeah, for sure. Uh, with that, I got to say that we're kind of hit the end of our time. I know there's a lot of people that have a hard stop here at three. Um, so Blake, Meg, Brandon, Ashley, thank you all for being here and being a part of this podcast. I really appreciate it. I, the time went by in so a blink fast. of an eye for me. This really felt like the fastest hour ever. So, you know, really, thank you again. I think we'd love to have all y'all back and to do some more podcasts in the future as well. Absolutely. Sure. You guys are a good group of people. I like you. Good vibes. Y'all are a great group of people.
Thank you all so much. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. And we're yeah.